Chapter 92 of Consuelo by George Sand. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. One morning, Joseph, occupied in sweeping Porpora's antechamber and forgetting that the partition was thin and the maestro's slumbers light, amused himself by humming mechanically whatever came uppermost and beating time with his brush upon the boards. Porpora, dissatisfied at being so early awakened, fidgeted about in his bed and tried to sleep again, but the sweet fresh voice which sang with great taste and correctness a very agreeable air still reaching his ear, he threw on his dressing-gown and peeped through the keyhole, partly pleased with what he heard, partly angry with the artist who had so unceremoniously roused him. But what is his surprise? It is no other than Beppo, whose fertile imagination pursues his theme while mechanically busied with household cares. "'What is that you are singing?' exclaimed the maestro in a voice of thunder as he abruptly opened the door. Joseph, bewildered like a man startled from his sleep, was on the point of pitching aside broom and feathers and taking to his heels. But if he no longer entertained the hope of becoming a pupil of Porpora, he still considered himself most fortunate in being able to hear Consuelo and to receive lessons from this generous friend when the master turned his back. On no consideration, therefore, would he have been turned out of doors, so he ventured on a fib, in order to disarm suspicion. "'What was I singing?' said he, quite out of countenance. "'Alas, master, I, I know not.' "'Do people sing what they do not know, liar that you are?' "'I assure you, master, I know not what I sung. You have so frightened me that I already forgot what it was.' I know that it is wrong to sing so near your room, but I quite forgot myself. I dreamed I was alone, and far from this I said to myself, Now you may sing. There is no composer here to say, Be silent, you sing false. Be silent, you ignoramus. What do you know of music? Who told you that you sung false? Everybody. And I tell you, exclaimed the maestro in a severe tone, that you do not sing false. Who taught you? Why, Master Reuter, whom my friend Keller shaves, he drove me from the class, saying I would never be anything but an ass. Joseph knew enough of the master's prejudices to be aware that he held Reuter in the utmost contempt. He had even reckoned upon the latter's advancing him in the good graces of Popora on the first occasion he might attempt to disparage him to the maestro. But Reuter, in his few visits to Popora, had never so much as deigned to recognize his old pupil. "'Master Reuter is an ass himself,' muttered Porpora to himself. "'But that is not the question,' resumed he aloud. "'I want to know where you learned that turn, and here he sang that which Joseph had repeated some ten times in succession, without being aware of it.' "'Oh, is, is that it?' said Haydn who began to draw a better augury of the maestro's disposition, but who did not venture to trust him yet. That is something I heard the signora sing. Consuelo, my daughter, I did not know that. Ah, you listen at the doors, then? Oh, no, sir, but music penetrates from room to room, even to the kitchen, and I hear in spite of myself. 
I do not like to be served by people who have so good a memory and can sing my unpublished ideas in the street. You may pack off this very day. Seek a place elsewhere. This announcement fell like a thunderbolt on poor Joseph. He retired to weep in the kitchen, where Consuelo soon joined him to listen to the recital of his mishap and to comfort him by promising to arrange matters. "'How is this, master?' said she to Popora when she presented him his coffee. "'You would drive away this laborious, faithful youth because for the first time in his life he happened to sing well?' I tell you that he is a deceiver and a hardened liar. He has been sent by some enemy who wishes to discover the secrets of my compositions and appropriate them to himself before they have seen the light. I will engage that this fellow knows my new opera by heart and copies my manuscripts when my back is turned. How often have I been thus betrayed? How many of my ideas have I not found in those pretty operas which were all the rage in Venice while they yawned at mine, saying, this crazy old porpora gives us as new these airs which are sung about all through the thoroughfares of Venice. Hold, the ass has betrayed himself. He sang this morning a phrase which I am certain is by no other than mein Herr Hasse, and which I perfectly recollect. I shall note it down, and to revenge myself, I shall put it in my new opera to pay him back a trick which he has often practiced on me. Take care, master, it may already be published. You do not know by heart all existing productions. But I have heard them, and tell you this is too remarkable not to have struck me. Very well, master, a thousand thanks. I am proud of the compliment, for the air is mine. Consuelo here unfortunately told a fib. The phrase in question had only that morning seen the light in Joseph's brain, but she had taken the hint and had already learned it by heart in order not to be taken at fault if questioned by the suspicious maestro. Porpora did not fail to ask her for it. She sang it immediately and alleged that the evening before, in order to please the Abbe Methestasio, she had tried to set to music the first verses of his charming pastoral commencing, Giarei della primavera, col suo fiorito aspetto, già il gratto zeffiretto, scherza fra l'erbe e i fiori, tornando frondi agli arberi, l'erbetta al prato tornando, sol non ritorno a me la pace del mio cor. Translation Now, with its flowery face, the beauteous spring returns among the grass and flowers, the zephyrs sport with glee, the leaves adorn the trees, the waving grass the fields, but my heart's peace returns not yet to me. I had repeated the first phrase several times, she added, when I heard Master Beppo in the antechamber who was warbling it like a canary, that is to say all astray. I grew impatient and begged him to hold his tongue, but at the end of an hour he again repeated it so awkwardly on the stairs that I had no wish to go on with it. And how comes it that he sings so well today? What has happened to him while asleep? I shall explain it to you, my dear master. I observed that this boy had a fine and even a correct voice, but that he sang falsely from want of ear, judgment, and memory. I amused myself by making him repeat the notes and sing the scale according to your method to see if it would succeed 
even with an inferior organization. It must succeed with all organization, exclaimed Porpora. There is no such thing as a false voice, and never was there an ear properly exercised, which... That is exactly what I said to myself, replied Consuelo, anxious to end the discussion. And the result proved that I was correct. In the first lesson, according to your system, I succeeded in making him understand what Reuter and all the Germans in the world would never have instilled into him. After that, I sang the air, and for the first time, he understood it correctly. He immediately sung it, and he was so astonished so wonder-stricken that he could not sleep. It was like a new revelation to him. "'Oh, mademoiselle,' said he, "'if I had been taught this, I should have learned something like the other pupils. But I do assure you, I never could understand what they taught at St. Stephen's.' "'And was he really taught there?' "'Yes, and was shamefully expelled from the school. You have only to mention his name to Master Reuter. He will tell you that he is a sad fellow.' and a most impracticable scholar. "'Come hither!' cried Porpora to Beppo, who was in tears behind the door. "'Sit by me till I see if you understand yesterday's lesson.' The malicious maestro then began to teach the rudiments of music to Joseph. But in the roundabout, confused, pedantic fashion which he ascribed to the Germans, if Joseph had allowed his intelligence to appear, purposely confused as Porpora's instructions were, he had been lost without retrieve. But he was too knowing to be so easily entrapped, and he displayed such determined stupidity throughout the long lesson that the maestro was satisfied. "'I see you know very little indeed,' said he, rising and persisting in a feint with which the others were not in the least duped. "'Go back to your broom and let us have no more singing if you wish to remain with me.' But at the end of two hours, unable to restrain himself, and stimulated by the love of a neglected calling which he had exercised for so long a period without a rival, Porpora once more became the professor of singing and recalled Joseph to set him to work again. He explained the same principles indeed, but with that lucidness and logical precision which arranges and classifies all knowledge in a word, with that incredible simplicity which characterizes men of genius. Haydn now perceived that he might venture to understand a little, and Porpora was delighted at his success. Although the maestro taught him things which he had already long studied, and which he knew as well as possible, the lesson was interesting and useful to him. He learned to teach, and since, during those hours when Porpora did not employ him, he continued to give lessons through the city in order not to lose his few pupils. He determined to turn what he had learned to account without loss of time. "'Ah, most respected professor,' said he to Popora, pretending to play the simpleton to the end of the chapter, "'I prefer this music to the other, and I think I could make some progress in it. But as to this morning's work, I had rather go back to St. Stephen's than have anything to say to it.' And yet it is the same you learned there. Can there be two sorts of music? Dolt! There is but one music, and can be but one. Oh, I ask your pardon, sir. There is Master Reuter's music which wearies me, and there is yours which does not weary me at all. You flatter me highly, Signor Beppo, said Porpora, laughing. But the compliment was far from being displeasing to him. 
From that day, Haydn received Porpora's instructions, and in a short time they began to study Italian song and the fundamental ideas of lyrical composition. This was what the noble youth had so ardently wished and so courageously pursued. His progress was so rapid that the maestro was at once charmed, surprised, and even terrified. When Consuelo saw his former distrust ready to spring up, she pointed out to her young friend the conduct he ought to pursue. A little obstinacy, a feigned abstraction, were necessary to rouse Porpora's peculiar genius and passion for teaching. Just as some little drawback and difficulty always render the exercise of the higher powers more energetic and powerful. It frequently happened, therefore, that Joseph was obliged to feign languor and indifference in order to procure those precious lessons, the least of which he would have trembled to lose. The pleasure of opposition and the desire of conquering urged on the pugnacious soul of the old professor, and never did Beppo receive clearer conceptions than those which were drawn forth, warm and eloquent, from the satirical and excited master. End of chapter 92